Lord, uh, what I want to talk to you today uh, is just something that's been on my heart for a little bit, and uh, it's um, not just being a, a talker, but being a walker. If you're going to talk the talk, you walk the walk. And uh, we're going to start in Romans, or not Romans, but uh, Acts chapter 28. So we're going to start in verse 21. I'm going to do a lot of reading here, but it's good because uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? Amen. In verse 21, he said, And they said unto him, We neither receive letters of, uh, of, out of Judea concerning you, or neither of they, the brethren that came and showed and spoke of any harm unto thee. It says, But we desire to hear what you think, for as concerning the sex, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. And when they had appointed him a day, they appointed Paul, Paul, the apostle Paul a day, there came unto him into his lodging to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning to evening. He said, and some believed the things which were spoken and some believed not. And they which agreed among themselves departed. And after Paul had spoken one word, well spoke the Holy Ghost by Isaiah, the prophet, our father, saying, Go unto the people and say, Hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart, they should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known, therefore, unto you, that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, that means us, and they will hear it. And when they had said these things, said these words, the Jews departed, and great reasoning among themselves. But Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came unto him. He was what? Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. With all confidence... No man forbidding him. What I see in those scriptures that some believed and some doubted. And it's just like this today. Some will believe and some doubt. Some received the word of God and some just rejected it. And, uh, but you know what? The Bible says in Romans, uh, let's turn over there. Romans chapter two. I, um, I can, I can quote these scriptures by heart, but I, I want you to see them with your eyes and hear them with your ears, uh, not just by me saying something to you, but, you know, search the scriptures and find out that if it's true, you know what I mean? Put it in front of your face, put it in front of your eyes. The Romans chapter two, verse five, four, it says, uh, knowing that the goodness of God leads a man to repent. And second uh, Peter, I like having a paper Bible. Because you can write in it. And notes don't lie. <laughs> second Peter, verse 3, or no, Second Peter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any man should perish, but all that would come to repentance. You know, that word repentance is just, it means to return on him. And that, that's the Lord's will. It is the Lord's will that people will return unto him. And when we return unto him, the Bible says when we do, he says he'll heal us. 
He'll deliver us because it's the goodness of God that leads a man to what? Repent. So repentance is a good word. And I found, you know, every time I get up here and speak, or even if I'm just at work or just ministering the gospel to someone, I don't ever let my opinion override the preaching and the teaching in the word of God. I don't let my opinion override. If God says something to me, he's saying it to me to say to that person, and I don't override my opinion. And my opinion is, you know, we're all human, but my opinion is not good sometimes. But that's why we always have to go back to the word of God and just say what God says. Be, uh, you know, not just a talker, but a walker. So even, you know what, even when no one likes to hear what you have to say, even when no one here likes to hear what you say, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on saying what he tells you to say. You know what I mean? Just don't talk the talk, but walk the walk, right? You know, even in the world that, you know, that we live in, there's so much hate, there's so much anger, there's so much confusion, there's so much deception. You know, the Bible says that just, just, Jesus said in Acts 10, 38, he says, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And you know, whenever I'm at the cash register, or wherever I'm at, I say, you know what, I hope you have a great day, and it goes by fast. It puts a smile on their face. You know, leave someone with a smile. Leave someone making them feel good. You know, be good to one another. Be kind to one another. Like I say, there's too much hate in the world. Just, just be good. Love on people, right? Yeah, doing good and healing all. There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of oppression. And, you know, we shine as lights in the world. God wants to shine the light in the world through what? Through us. So three points uh, I want to point out and um, our assignment that uh, our assignment is to, to, is to walk as he did, to walk as Jesus did. And number one, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter six. Like I said, these are familiar scriptures, but don't ever become familiar with the word of God. God always has something new every time you read the Bible, if you expect that. And I expect that every time I read the Bible, every time that God gives me a scripture, I see something new out of it every single time. And, and sometimes you're like, how, how can you see something new every single time? There's revelation upon revelation upon the word of God. And you can't exhaust it. So Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I put the kingdom of God in God's success system. And I wrote my margin, like I said, right in your Bible. Success can't, be give, success can't give you something that is spiritual. Only God can fulfill that void. It's God's success system. But seek him first. And that word seek means to desire. It means to demand the things of God. He said, all these things shall be added unto you. Whatever you need, God wants to take care of. He supplied all your needs. You just tell him what you want. You tell him what you desire. Proverbs chapter 4, of point number 1. And I'll give you the point in a minute. Point. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. And like I said, I can quote these by heart, but, you know, because I've read them over and over and over, and they're, they're in me. But I, I want you to see them out of your own eyes. That's why I said, you know, Open your Bibles, get, it, get your eyes into it. It says, my son or my daughter, attend to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. He said, let them not depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart, 
for they are life unto those who find them and health to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life, and put away from you a froward mouth and perverse lips from thee, and let your eyes look right on, and let your eyelids look straight before thee. So point number one is, is align ourselves with the Word of God. It's a, it's a place of foundation. That's where we, should, where we should start, you know? The Bible says to seek first His way of doing things. I remember when I first got my first Bible, somebody blessed me with my Bible, and I was in Pastor Paul's office, and I opened it up and said Matthew 6.33, and I didn't know what that meant. And I, you know, it took me a long time for it to, you know, get in me. You know, what does Matthew 6.33 mean? So anyways, put Him first in your life. Put His Word first in your life. Number two, turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I wrote my margin. It said, no matter what you go through, the word of God will keep you. And the fruit of it will be love and exhortation to you, building an expectation of faith that cannot be moved by any circumstances that arise. Verse 24, he said, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and a good works. And he said, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as some do, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Ephesians chapter 4, just a few pages over. Ephesians chapter 4. These are some good verses. In verse 11, and he said, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, just like we went up and seen Jerry Seville. You know, he's a, an evangelist, an apostle, a prophet. He stands in all those gifts. He says, For the what? For perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. So that henceforth, henceforth we were no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine or sleight of men, but cunning craftness, whereby we lay, lie and wait to deceive. But <clears throat> number two is that the point is, is just place yourself in a church with like-minded people, like-minded believers, like Heather was saying today, you know, um, she's, she's very thankful for the people that are around her that are in her lives. And I'm, I'm thankful as well because, you know, the Bible, the Bible doesn't say this, but I say it. Uh, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I always said, you know, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. I'd rather have four good shiny friends than a hundred acquaintances. And, you know, I, I have some of those friends that are very close to me. And I know that I, if, if something happened, I can call them up and, and they know that with me, that can call, they up, call me up and I can, I'll be there for them. I'll drop everything I'm doing just to be a blessing to them. So number two is place yourself in a church of like-minded believers. It's like, you know, and it's, it's important uh, to, you know, be in a place where you can be fed. You know, Pastor Gary feeds us the word of God and, and he gives us, you know, gives us the milk, but he gives us the meat, you know, and uh, it's just like, uh, I heard Jerry Seville t- preaching this this morning. He said, you know, how many, how many know that dogs like bones? You know what I mean? Dogs like bones, don't they? Well, you know, dogs, dogs do like bones, but that's what they settle for. 
they settle for the bone. But they, if, you, if you put a steak in front of them in a bone, they're going to go for that steak instead of the bone. <laughs> and so, you know, and it's funny because I say that to say this, and, you know, we were listening to that this morning. Uh, you know, Pastor Paul said to me a long time ago, I was, I was hanging around someone and uh, they, you know, were associated with somebody else, a certain ministry. And, you know, I just didn't feel right about it. And, you know, so what did I do? I went to my pastor and Pastor Paul goes, you know what? He says, when you eat a chicken, he said, you, you eat the meat and you throw out the bones. You know what I mean? Not everything that we eat is good for us. But you know what I mean? It's important to be part of a, a local body of a believers and to be fed the word of God. Okay. Right? Amen. Number three, Mark chapter 16. Are you getting anything out of this? It's good to write notes down. My wife writes notes down all the time. She writes notes for me, and I have to get them done sometimes. You know, notes, don't forget, you know. She even, she even wrote me notes of what she wanted for Christmas. I'm really good at buying her gifts. I, I pay attention, but just the little things when she gets done around the house, it's just like, uh Thank you, Lord. I'm a doer of her word, not a hearer only. <laughs> yeah, so Mark chapter, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he says, and this is Jesus speaking. He said, and he said unto them, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. And that, you know, that scripture there again, some will believe and some won't. But we just keep on doing what Jesus said. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, in my name, they shall cast out devils. And in their name, they shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. I wrote down on my margin, believers don't follow signs, but signs follow the believer. All we have to do is just do what he says, just like Jesus said. I only, I only say what I hear the Father say, and I only do what I see the Father do. Like my buddy became a foreman the other day, and a foreman in doors and hardware, and he was working with a gentleman and he said, the gentleman said, well, I think we should do it this way. You know, and the other guy probably had more experience than my buddy that's a foreman. But, you know, the foreman said, no, I think we're going to do it this way. You know what I mean? Because we just, have to, we just have to hear from God and just do what he says to do. Just don't talk the talk, but walk the walk. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. So number three is prepare yourself to go out and do what he said to do. It's like, you know, and it's a place to practice what you preach. This is a place to practice where you preach. And also it's the world, the world is a, a place to practice what you preach. It's like what Pastor Paul and Pastor Geary get us up, the elders up here to pray for people. And uh, we, we love it because we get to practice, you know, praying for people and, you know, believing God for certain things that, you know, certain people are, are, are believing for. And, and it's exciting. And it's exciting when we th see those things come to pass, right? You know, so how are we supposed to walk? Second Corinthians, this is how we're supposed to walk. This is what the Apostle Paul said in the epistles. Second Corinthians. 
Chapter five. Verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that we're, while we're at home in this body, we're absent from the Lord. It says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Notice here, our faith is not for heaven. Our faith is for here and now. We're supposed to walk by what? By faith. And faith is just trusting him. When he says for you to do something, just have faith and trust him. Because he'll confirm his word. Uh, let's see, Ephesians chapter 5, how we're supposed to walk. Verse 1, it says, Be their fathers of God as dear children. He said, Walk in love as Christ has loved us and has given us himself an offering, a sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling Savior. So number 1 and number 2, we're supposed to walk by faith, and we're supposed to walk in love. And he also said in Colossians, he says, We're supposed to walk in him. And walk in wisdom. So when you're walking, when you're talking, listen to him and just do what he says to do. Amen? Amen. And be consistent in your walk. Consistency will contribute you to getting to where you need to be in God. Just be consistent. Because, you know, that's what he wants you to do. He just wants you to be consistent. And what I mean by consistency is that if God gives you a word, keep on meditating it over and over and over. Until what? Revelation comes. So Romans, Romans chapter 4, I want to read this in the Passion Translation because it's so good. Passion Translation is so good. I know Pastor Paul loves to preach from it. Pastor Gary loves to preach for it, and I want to preach from it too. So we're, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to walk in the steps of who? Abraham. Well, Jesus, but this is talking about Abraham here. It says uh, in verse, um, starting verse 12, it says, Yes, Abraham obviously is the true father of our faith for the Jewish people, who are not only circumcised, but also walk in the way of faith that our father Abraham displayed before his circumcision. First, uh, go down to verse 16. I give a little bit of time so the computer lady can put it up on the screen there. Uh, Verse 16, it says, The promise depends on faith so that it can be experienced as a grace gift and now extends to all the descendants of of Abraham. That means us. This promise is not only meant for those who obey the law, but also to those who enter into the faith of Abraham, the father of us all. That's when the scripture means, as it says, I have made you the father of many nations. It says, he is our example, the father and father. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call those things which be not, or call those things that don't even exist yet. It said, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that you'll be impossible to count. Impossible to count. His promise came to pass in Abraham's life. And if God gives you a word, God gives you a promise, he'll make it come to pass. He says in Isaiah 55, 11, he says, so shall my word that goes forth out of my mouth, it will not return to me void, 
but it will accomplish in what it says it will and prosper to where I send it. And it's the same with you. You know, you, he, he, you put his word in your mouth and you speak it out of your, your mouth. It will come to pass when you have faith, believing you received it. Like Mark eleven twenty three says, right? And whatever trial, whatever temptation you go through, you know, it's just like Abraham was going through trials and temptations or trials and tribulations, but he said, no, God is faithful to what he promised. And what, what did Abraham do? He, he called those things that King James says, Romans 4, 17, he says, he called those things which be not as though they were. He spoke the desired result. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to speak the desired result. You know, in Psalms 23, it says, you know, uh, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death will fear no evil for his rod and staff that come from me. He's with you wherever you go, wherever you walk, wherever your foot treads upon, he's with you. You know, if you're born again and he lives inside of you, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and he is, he is walking with you wherever you go. And you know, we're supposed to walk through the valley. Don't camp in it like Pastor Gary says, right? So yeah. So keep your attitude and your tongue in check. When you're walking, keep your attitude and tongue in check. Turn over to Joshua. Like I said, I'm doing a lot of reading, but I, I just, it's good to put it in your ear gate, in your eye gate. Starting in verse 5, it says, um, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. He says, As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. That's a promise too. Hebrews 13, 5, he says, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. No matter what you go through, he's always with you. Read on. So be strong and of good courage and create, be, of, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people, you should divide inheritance of the land, which I swore unto your fathers to give them. He said, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe and do all the according, according to what the law says which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. He said, turn not to the right hand nor to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Notice there, wherever you go, he's going to prosper you. Right. He says, this book of the law shall not depart of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do all according with the, within, so that you will make your way prosperous and you have good success. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and a good courage. Be not afraid, be not dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. It says, and then Joshua came into the office saying, pass through the host and command the people saying, prepare yourself victuals. That sounds like my wife saying to me, prepare your lunch. <laughs> anyway, so prepare your victuals for three days. We'll pass over the Jordan to go and possess the land, which the Lord God gives you to possess it. It says, in the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half of the tribe of Manasseh have spoken to Joshua, saying, Remember the word of God, which, or remember the word which Moses, thy servant, the Lord commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest, and he has given you this land. And your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. You shall pass before you your brethren armed and almighty men of valor. He said, Unto the Lord has given you and your brethren rest, and have given you, um, and they that have possessed the land which the Lord God gives. It says, and you shall return unto the land of your possession, and you shall enjoy it. Wherever God leads you to be, he wants you to enjoy it. Right? Amen. He says, and in which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan towards the sun rising. You know, as uh I was watching the sunrise the other day. 
I was just going through the coffee shop and getting my, my breakfast sandwiches. And I just, uh, before I was eating my breakfast sandwich and, and uh, drinking my coffee, I was watching the sunrise. And I was just reminded, you know, the word is always speaking to you. And God is always speaking to you. You just have to listen to him. And I just was reminded of uh, as far as the east is from the west. And I was noticing the sun was coming up in the east. And I was like, it's like as far as the east is from the west. So, so, so much have you removed our transgressions from us, our sins from us. God has forgiven us. And I just sat in my truck and I just felt the presence of God come in there and I just started bawling. And it wasn't because I did anything wrong. It was just I was overwhelmed with his goodness and his mercy. And uh, it was just, just amazing. His goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. That's his promise to us. That's why we're saved. You know, we all get the same, we all get the same blessing when we get to heaven. That, that blessing is eternal life with the Father. Yeah, that's something to rejoice about. Verse 7. <laughs> Amen. So the moral of the story is, that, you know, uh, keep the word of God and do what it says to do. John chapter 15. Talk about the disciples, walkers and talkers. Jesus taught them how to talk, taught them how to walk. John chapter 15. This is probably the most marked up part of my Bible. It's the first, uh, first three three first three um, chapters that I ever read in my Bible that God gave me revelation on. And, and I'm thankful Pastor Paul, he called me up one night and said, I want you to read John chapter 14, 15, and 16 out loud to me. And the first scripture that God ever gave me it was a promise. He said, let your heart not be troubled, but believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my fa father's house was many mansions. And if it wasn't so, I would not have told you. So that when I come again, I'll receive it unto myself, so that where I am, you'll be also. And I say that fast, and I should slow down as so I can hear my wife's voice. But it was a promise to me, and it was just revelation that Jesus said, when I come back for you, James, he said, I'll separate everything and come back just for you. And he just made it personal. So when you read your Bible, just make it personal. Because God's a personal God. He wants to be personal with you. And so John chapter 15. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Verse 7, it says, this is Jesus speaking. It says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. It said, Here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. He said, Continue in my love. It says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And these things I have spoken unto you that, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. It says, this is the commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. You know, Pastor Paul's been talking about, a dis you know, being a disciple. And a, a disciple is, is what? A disciplined one. You know, like my buddy is a foreman of Doors and Hardware. He disciplined himself when he first started this job to learn about everything about Doors and Hardware. And now he's what? He's a foreman. He's the, he's, he's the top dog. Right? And being a disciple is just... Doing what he says and doing what he does. Practice. Yeah, practice. Yeah. Practice. And you know, if you're walking with somebody, you're abiding with them. You're remaining with them. You're enduring with them. 
you know, you're continuing no matter what comes up. It's just like the friends you have in your life. No matter what comes up in people's lives, your friends' lives, you, what are you, you, you're there for them. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're fighting the good fight of faith with them. Right? Amen? You know? And stay in a place of expectancy. Faith is always expecting. You know, Pastor's been talking about faith for the last couple weeks. And, you know, faith is always expecting God to move on your behalf. And he always will. He's a, he's a faith God. It's the only thing, that, Hebrews eleven six. it's the only thing that pleases him. And I'm so, so thankful pastors preach on that, right? Yeah. You know, faith is not caught, but it's, it's taught. Or faith is not taught, but it's caught, you know? And God, you know, he always has covenant on his mind. Always has covenant on his mind. If you ever, if you ever want to think what God's thinking, God's always thinking covenant. Always. Covenant God, chapter 13 of John. Um, this is the story about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I just want to read this to you, but this is a very powerful uh, that happened to me. And I want to talk about covenant after this. It says uh, in verse 2, it says, And after supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands, that he was come from God and went to God, and he rises from supper, and he laid his, aside his garments, and he took the towel and girded himself. He said, after that, he poured the water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel. Um, he says in verse 6, he said, then comes Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, don't wash my feet. And Jesus said unto him, what I do, you do not know now, but you shall know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said unto him, If I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. It says, And Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, don't wash my feet only, but my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that washes needs not to save to wash his feet, but he's clean everywhere else. But not all of you. It says, For he knew who should betray him, and therefore he said unto them, You are not all clean. So hereafter he washed his feet. He took his garments and... Uh, he sat down and, and he said unto them, you don't know what I've done unto you. You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If then your Lord and master, have I washed your feet, you shall also wash the other's feet. For I've given you an example. Who's our example? Jesus. He came to serve us. We should come to serve what? Others. That's just the Christian life right there. It says, for I've given you an example that you should do as I've done unto you. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you that the servant is no greater than his Lord, neither he that sent greater than he is sent unto them. For you know these things, happy are you that do them. Yeah, do them. Not just a talker, but a walker. Talk to talk, you're going to walk to walk. I remember years ago, um, this was probably back in 1990. 98 or 99, somewhere around there. And uh, a pastor was um, having a uh, prayer service on a Saturday night. And so anyways, uh, that Friday night before, uh, I was invited to a birthday party. And, you know, I went to their birthday party and, I, and they told me, they said, yeah, it's only a select few people. And I just should have known right there that it was kind of like sketchy. You know what I mean? So I went to this birthday party and, you know, it was, it was great. I had a good time. I've seen some, some people I haven't seen in a long time, but I've seen this one person and 
I was respectful for them to them, and they just started bashing Pastor Geary and 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 the church and all that. And I just I listened to them and I didn't respond. I didn't respond with any word. And so, anyways, I just listened to him, listened to him, listened to him. And then, you know, Saturday night came along the next night. And Pastor Gary spoke on this, this very passage from John chapter 13 about washing people's feet. And he said, We're going to wash people's feet. And I didn't even know what he meant. I didn't even know what I was new in the Lord. I didn't even know what washing feet meant. Right? And and I remember Pastor Gary taught on this this passage. And I was sitting in the back and, you know, everybody was going around these little basins and towels and stuff and washing people's feet. And, and I heard the Lord say, go wash Pastor Gary's feet and tell him that you heard some garbage about him and that you don't, you don't believe it. You don't, you choose not to believe it. So I went up to him and just like Pastor Gary sitting right there, I knelt right in front of him. I said, Pastor Gary, I said, I heard some stuff about you, but I said, I choose not to, to receive it. You know, you can hear something but you don't have to receive it, right? You hear the word of God, you receive it. But you know, if, if somebody's talking trash about somebody, the Bible says we're supposed to what? Walk in love, right? So that's the, that was the day, that was the very day that I made a covenant with God and I made a covenant with Pastor Geary that no matter what comes up, no matter who, what garbage I hear about somebody or this or that, no, we choose to walk in love. And when people come up into you and use you as a, you know, event, you know, what are we supposed to do? Well, this is what I do. You know, when's the last time you, you prayed for them? When's the last time you prayed for that person and blessed them? You know what I mean? It just, it just shuts it right down, shuts it down right away, right? We're supposed to walk in love. And, you know, we're supposed to walk in the Spirit. The Bible says to walk in the Spirit. And, you know, walk in the Spirit and walk in the, in the, in the love of God go hand in hand. They go together. Because you know what? And they, they go hand in hand together because if you walk in the spirit and walk in love in the love of God, the devil can't touch you. Right. Literally, he cannot touch you when you walk in love and when you walk in the spirit, when you keep the command of love. Why? Because he's spiritually dead and you're spiritually alive. He's underneath your feet, people. Man. Amen. Yeah. So if you walk in, if you walk the walk, You'll bear fruit. And I want to read this from the Galatians. I'm almost done, so i got a few more scriptures, but I'm almost done. So if you walk the walk, you'll bear fruit. If you walk in the Spirit, you walk in love, you'll what? Bear fruit. This is from the Passion Translation. It says, Beloved ones, God has not called us to live a life of... God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up base of operation in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants to one another, expressing love in all that we do. For love completes the laws of God, and all the law can be summed up in this grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care for and love yourself. He says, but if you continue to criticize and come up against each other over minor issues, he says, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. Look at this. He says, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life of the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of this self-life. He says, for your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. 
and hinder him from living free within you. He said the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and controlling forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and your new creation of the life of the Spirit. He says, but when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer live under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. He says the cravings, this is talking about the life of the flesh. He says the cravings of this self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography. I didn't know that said it in the Bible, but yes, pornography, if you're dealing with that, God wants to free you from that. He loves you so much, he doesn't want you to deal with that anymore. Praise God. It says, it says chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments. Sometimes when you get a text from people and they don't text you back, do you get upset? Yeah, senseless arguments. Resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only think of yourselves, being in love with your own opinions. Hmm. Being envious of the blessings of others. Being envious of the blessings of others. That's the true, true test right there. If you see someone else get blessed and you're like, oh, why, why does it happen to them, not me, you know? You know what? You're next. God wants to bless you next. Don't be envious when somebody else gets blessed. Uh, he says, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and other similar behavior. But haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? He says, but the fruit, he's talking about the Holy Spirit now, the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love, in all its varied ex expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures. Didn't we learn patience today when we were, you know, waiting for the sound and the thing? You know, that's, I I, yeah, we, we did good. Sometimes I'm waiting in line and, I'll, and I'm, I'm waiting in line and I can see just the aggregate, aggravation of people around me and I'll say it out loud. This is where we learn patience. And then it just shuts it right down, you know? Love is patient, we're patient, right? Patience that endures, kindness in action. It says, a, a, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails. Faith that prevails. No matter what you go through, God wants you to prevail through it, right? Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. He says, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Limitless. Wow. It says, keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced the crucifixion. For crucifixion, you know, we're supposed to crucify our flesh, not appease it. Right? Yeah. I'm a dead man. It says, for everything connected with our self-life, our self-life, our old life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. So when you get born again, your old life has passed away and all things become new. I say it's just like a new toy. When you get a toy for Christmas, it's like you're brand new. When you, when you get born again, you're like brand new. Everything that you did in the past, God forgets about it. He's wiped you away. Wiped that sin away. It says, <laughs> let's keep on reading. I'm almost out here, guys. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him so that we will never be arrogant or look down on others. For each of us is an original, but we must forsake all jealousy and diminishes all the value, all the value of others. 
You know, and the Bible says in John 3.30, says he must increase and we must decrease. And it's our responsibility to do what we hear. You know, every time Pastor Gary has gotten up here to speak or Pastor Paul or anybody else, we're always responsible to do what we've, we, we hear the preacher saying. And, you know, to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. That's the only way you'll deceive yourself. You know, you can hear it and hear it and hear it, but if you don't do it, you're deceiving your own self. That's what it says in James 1.22. And it says, in the way you walk and talk, you're no better than anyone else. These are my last scriptures. Philippians, I'll turn to the King James. I love those little laughs in the background. Because there's life here. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, starting at verse 1. It says, if there be therefore any consolation of Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy, and be like-minded, having the same love, and be in full one accord and one mind. He said, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. If you're, if you're dealing with strife, deal with it. God wants you free of that too. Right? Or vainglory. But in loneliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than themselves. Look not on every man's things, but also unto uh, but every man also in the things of others. Let this mind be which in, in you, which was also in Christ. Verse 14, he said, Do all things without murmurings or disputings, that you be, be blameless and harmless sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation or nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the, the word of life, that you may rejoice in the day of Christ and have not run or labored in vain. James 2.8 says, you'll fulfill this royal law if you love your neighbor as you love yourself, and you'll do well. You'll always do well if you just follow the teaching and the preaching of Jesus and just do what he says to do. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Bless you today. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.